Welcome back, Rabbi Dr. Eliezer Brat. It's a pleasure to be with you once again. And we will be discussing the final episode about Gitin controversies. And this one is about one that is probably the most famous many people have read about and heard various presentations on, and that is the Get of Cleves. So let's see what Rabbi Dr. Eliezer Brat is going to add to the conversation. I'm sure he'll bring unique perspective and illuminate some of the content that's already out there. We would like to dedicate this year in memory of Reb Shalom ben Revichil Michal. Rabbi Brat will talk about him very, very briefly. This was someone who was very close to Rabbi Brat. He was someone who had the opportunity to bring many, many sfarim to print. Rabbi Brat, if you want to share very brief words about Mr. Shalom Jacob who passed away, or Rabbi Shalom Jacob who Rabbi passed away. Yes, yeah, so, so basically Rabbi Shalom Jacobs is someone I knew for over 20 years. He living in Muncie, he was a Balabas, but I find it very hard to believe that he was really a Balabas. I don't know when he really worked. He published over 25 Svarim with footnotes, some of them even from manuscript, from Gedolim from the past 400 years, more recent times. And almost every year he would publish a different Sefer. He was a tremendous Tamachacham, the Ha'aras he put in the Svarim, there's history in the Svarim, the, the Mavois of them. And he was a major chayvav of Svarim, and he helped me a lot of times, sometimes uh, producing something rare, a rare yediyah that he had from his library, or letting me know about some rare book. Very helpful person in general, Bechlal, and I'm sure all the Mechabri Svarim that he worked on, greeting him, greeted him right away. It's a shame about all the other Svarim projects he was working on. Okay, so today, we hope to talk about is the, the, the one of the most important and famous controversies, Bechlal in Jewish history, which is known as the Geta Cleaves. So to begin is like this, the story in two sentences, and I'm saying that in two sentences, and soon we will get back to it more in length, is basically a get was written in 1766. Some people started to question the validity of this get. Others defended it. The reason it was questioned was because it depended about the mental stability of the chassan. Now, because of this story, numerous chubas and letters are written about this, and many of them were collected into two volumes. One was called Ar Hayashar, published in 1769, and then later on in 1902. And in 1770, a sefer Ar Yisrael, which had in it a bunch of letters also. We'll, and we'll discuss who the authors are and how it relates soon. Now, these volumes have many of the letters with dates and other information, so it helps us piece together a good idea of the story that happened. Besides for this, some other documents survived to help us understand. Now I'm going to return to more about this soon. First, I would like to mention is like this. When we're discussing a controversy that was a vicious controversy at the time, we have to keep in mind the words Ramatis Yostrashon in Mithar Ksavim, after he lists various controversies, he says, yes, at the time, people were fire. People were fighting. It was vicious. And it was not of the different of the different people. I could imagine imagine certain times, you know, fights on the internet and everyone's tumbling and everyone has a day. Every every Yukel Barrel Shmarrel has a has an opinion about something in the mikvah news and the everyone's tumbling. But the people that were mainly involved in they were definitely Lishem Shamayim. And they had um it was for them, it was Mamish Lashma. There was no evil things going on in the Machlaikis, Khasfashal. And we have to keep that in mind as we'll discuss different aspects. Now, some say that this fight caused the downfall of how Hamoin Am looked at Kadailim, how the masses looked at Kadailim after this fight. I find it hard to believe. Maybe at that period of time for those few years, but it's not like the internet. I don't think it had a kiyum. I don't really think that it had a major impact later on. Um, maybe if someone reads the svarim, certain aspects, we'll get them to that. 
conclusion, but I'm not, I think that this fight did not cause such long-term effects. As a matter of fact, I think that this fight caused a good thing. Again, obviously not, it wasn't good that there was a fight, but and I'll explain what I mean. The outcome of this machlaikis is that the, the, um, it's not just that it's a hot, controversial topic, but because of it, numerous chuvas were written. And these became, today, and from when they were written already, as I'm going to show, the go-to literature on the topic of mental illness. And they are the starting point of all the conversations ad hayoim for mental illness from this discussion. You'll see always, almost always, when someone's talking about mental illness, somehow the Gera Klees is going to come in there. Okay. Now, we also see a bit of the halachic process, how Gedolim pask in such kind of issues, because many times the person in question is not in front of the Gadol, so they can't speak to them, examine, and, and interview them, so they have to rely on the information that was sent in in the question, and we see over here what they had and how they reached their conclusions. Now, for now, so Bekitzer Lamashal, there's a famous thing, declaring mental insanity, so it depends on the literature written for this topic. Okay. And I'm just going to mention briefly, just to show, the Mertzchayus, the Mertzchayus, however you want to call it, in Mesechus Chagiga, which we'll see is where the prime sugya of shaita, of what a shaita is. He says, you want to know what a shaita is? Look in the Sefer Ara Yasher, where, it's all, where you'll see everyone, all the G'daylim, are Mavar, what it is. His Rebbe, Rebbe Fahim Zalmagolis, in a tshuva, which was published a little before 1815, it was published in 1818, but it was written a little before 1815, where Mayor, the Avbezdin in Bride at the time, a good friend of Rabbi Ephraim Zalman, there was a complicated shaita, a shayla about a shaita and a get, and basically Rabbi Ephraim Zalman was asked to help out with the situation, and all the diunim was about going through the various chuvas that the Gedalim had written in the Aryasha. Fast forward in the 1870s, there's a Gavalika tshuva from Rebchaim Vax in Tshuva's Nefshchaya, a massive tshuva also about a shaita, a whole interesting story, and what was the thing that played out when he was dealing with the shaita and the get, all the different aspects, the Sefer, Arhayasha, all the different tshuvas of the Gedalim, which we'll see about shortly. In 1910, I came across a work called Arhayasharim, which was also relating to some tumult about a, a shaita and gitin issues. And Rameir Simcha, in a letter that the Mechaber wrote to Rameir Simcha for assistance, Rameir Simcha said, But Gufa Inyan, I remember, Ki Echadim Yuchra Shadvarv Nechainim, in this, Beseichel Yasher, is in the Ara Yasher, there's a tshuva from the Sefer Zikar and Yosef, but I don't have it in front of me. Okay, and we'll get to that tshuva soon. The Rebbe, the Adere, just to end one other Maramakim, the Adaris, and also someone asked him a whole complicated question relating to a uh, uh, Mashaita, and he says, well, the, you don't have to go any further, there's a Sefer or a Yashar and, 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 uh, about the get at that time, and it has all the issues to discuss what constitutes someone being a Shaita. Okay, now it's a shame that these actual works are not easily around for purchase, as they're so important, but Baruch Hashem today, one can find them for free on Hebrew books and Oitzah Chachm. Now, I'm not sure why, but the truvas that the G'daylum, which we're going to see, wrote on it, Lamashal, the Night of Yehuda, the Shargis Aryeh, the Zichron Yosef, they're not included in their own volumes that they published. Lamashal, the Night of Yehuda publishes Chuvah Sefer, Chuvah's Night of Yehuda in 1776. This fight happens a few years earlier, and it's published, I mentioned the Aryasha, a bunch of Chuvah's on the topic. It's not included in there. Okay, so you could say, for whatever reason, it wasn't published in 1776, but his son went ahead, Rip Shmuel, and in 1811 made a, we have volume two of the Night even there it's not included, I don't know why not, but there is a letter in the Aryasha where he says specifically he's not against it being published. Um, okay. Similar, the Zichon Yosef publishes his Tshuva Sefer 1773, right after this fight. He has an interesting Tshuva about Shaita, which is also quoted, but he doesn't include, he has a bunch of Tshuvas in the Sefer Aryasha, also not there. I don't know the answer. 
Um, now, Lemaisa, sometimes we have that people do go ahead and publish it. Lemash in 1995, there's a Sefer Mishpah from Rav Farbstein, a massive Sefer on the Sugiyas of Shaita, including Halacha Lemaisa, and he goes ahead and publishes many of the Chuvas found in the Chibra Arayasha. But for some reason, he takes out, he does a lot of censorship, and he takes out all the different things that happen in the story, and he just gives you like the basic bottom line that, of, of what comes out in, the, in these Chuvas. He quotes only parts of these Chuvas. Which, why am I pointing this out about the censorship? Because Lemaise, in 1902, a Yid went ahead in Galicia and he decided these, the Sefer is not around. It's so important. I already just mentioned a few, just a few cases, and there's probably many more, how this is the starting point in the Hilchas Gitan and Shaita. So he went ahead to publish it, and he got Askamas from the Beis Yitzchak, from Shmulengo, and others, and no one told him to censor any parts, even though there was this, as we're going to see, some very sharp material found in the Sefer. Okay, obviously this is something um, um deals with the topic of censorship and um, preserving different things. Okay, fine. Now, anyway, as I said, Shaita mental illness, it comes out from this topic. Sadly, mental illness today is very common. All kinds of aspects is major or minor. There's some type of statistic that there's not enough people today in the mental health field to, to deal with it all. That's how bad it is um, currently in, in the world. Of course, we know how every yeshiva guy thinks he can easily be a mental health professional without even going to school. There was actually in the Mishpacha and the humor column, the Kichels, there was a whole write-up, there was a whole uh, thing, cartoon about the yeshiva bacher in the, of the family, how he shows how he's a mental expert without going to school. But we know that it's, it's far from the truth. It's extremely complex, and there are many, many aspects to mental illness. Just to mention one tiny example in current times, when the beginning of COVID, so right away everyone, the world was going crazy and all different things were coming and the Rabbanim had to ish, deal with tons of different issues. And Lamashal, they put out on, on all the news forums and everything, video of Rabdavakon, and he was talking about, even though he didn't say it straight out, and then afterwards, Amudim, they explained it, that it, the, many people were found themselves to be uh, alone. And there was problems, there was issues of what, of how and when could, um, um, with, it could cause mental, people that have mental problems on Shabbos, could they reach out to their sponsor, all different types of things. He had a whole video where he explained that it's much more relevant than people, uh, when people, sometimes people, until you're thrown into it or you see someone that you know is involved with it, you don't realize how relevant these issues are. Anyway. That's just the Hagdama. And what I'm saying is, is that this sugya of the Geta Cleaves, that's where a lot of the information comes from. Of course, just to one, um, one more minute, and then we get into the meat and potatoes over here. Basically, mental illness has been dealt with in the times of the of, of Chazal, um, but earlier, even in, in Tanakh. So this is in Dr. Yitzhak Prusa Sefer Rufu of Mikra Talmud has an excellent chapter about it. There's a book from Ephraim Shom Shiner, Harigim Balkarcham, which deals with the with mental illness in the Middle Ages and different materials from Yishinim that he was pieced together. Rev Bleich, Gedarka Bekaidish, and Contemporary Halachic Problems has two beautiful chapters in volume two. And in recent years, there's two Svarim, one's called Nafshi Beshelasi from a, a Rav and a psychologist or psychiatrist, whatever, and another Sefer called Mishpatei Hanefesh from another person who studied it. And they just came out in the past year, which they also deal Barichos, Barichos, all different aspects of mental illness. It's a very, very hot topic. And of course, in the book Headlines from Rabbi David Lichtenstein, he has at least in, in some of the volumes, he has some chapters related to this also. Anyway, I'm not going to quote all the articles that there are out there that deal with the Geta Cleaves, because it's mamish, everyone talks about it. And and part of the reason is, is because I, I found that a lot of people, everyone, re, a lot of times, in such a, especially in such a topic, everyone relies on the next person and they 
they didn't really necessarily go back to the Ar Hayashar to see the start. We have the documents, we have the story. So I'm I'm gonna go according to the documents that we have in front of us. Okay, so let's begin like this. What's the story? What happened? So we open up the Ar Hayashar and we'll see momentarily who wrote the Ar Hayashar and why it's so, so important. But basically, is it was a healthy yid. And they stre- they stressed this right away. It's not like he was he had any known mental problems beforehand. The regular healthy bacher, and his name was Reb Itzik. He was the son of Laser Nyberg of Munheim, the city Munheim in Germany, and he gets married to he he basically gets engaged to a girl in um, Yakov Gunhausen, okay from from Bonn, also in Germany. So they go to the house, they go to the, um, I get, however, it do, they don't, we don't have the details of how they got engaged, how they met, but the kids are, the shit happens. And the chasna was scheduled for Ches Elul 1776 in Weir, Mannheim, the place where the chasna lived. Now, this is interesting because we see here something that in recent years people have pointed out. We see they did do chasanas happen in Elul. There is some type of uh, musar shita that some people stay away from making chasanas in Elul. It affects the yeshiva world because Elul is a special time where they want the yeshiva world to be um, completely cut off from the world. Um, there are sources actually in recent years um, um, after the war, some musar gedolim said such a thing. But we see here in Germany it was accepted and there's many, many sources that in Elul they did, there were plenty of chasnas in Elul. Anyway, so this is the chasna. They come. Now, who comes along? The family of the Kala come and the Mechaber of the Sefer Ar-Yashar. He's a good friend of the Kala's father. And his name is Aaron Shimshin. He comes from originally from Copenhagen. And we're, and we're going to see he's the main person in the whole controversy. And we'll see why. The Kitzer, they come there. Everyone greets them, blah, 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 oh, the whole the whole story. Kids are, they see the chasen is a little, looks a little tense, okay? So basically, it turns out he was nervous. He, his father promised him um, board, that he's going to get a certain apartment and someone else was in it, settled it. He seems to be calm, fine. Anyway, the marriage happens, fine. They're sitting a Friday night, um... Friday night after the chasana, they're sitting at the table, and it seems he gave his drasha, and they didn't let him. They didn't let him finish it. That's this the guy points this out, right? Singing in front of the chasana's drasha, which is actually the way I got to the ghetto cleaves, was many many years ago researching the topic of the drasha of the chasana was the story of the ghetto cleaves. Right away, he he gave his drasha and he was interrupted. So you see, in Germany in 1766, they already were singing in. Okay, anyway. The kids are, he's um, all happy, and then someone, uh, his I guess his relative, who was a doctor, tells him, don't eat this, it's not good for your health. This is the Shimon, Rip Shimon, is, he's an eyewitness account of telling him, well, have time, say that. Bottom line is, um, he eats what he's not supposed to eat. We don't know what it is, why he shouldn't have eaten, we're not given any of this information. And um, the kids are, what happens is, the next morning, they go look for him, and they can't find the chasen. Turns out he ran away. He, he left the Tchum, and he was Michal Shabbos, and they found him nearby, nearby Bun, by a guy. And it seems he wasn't himself, and then he, they, they found him, and they brought him back, and, and according to the way we see it, he, he was okay, and he explained some, something happened, he, he was all 
again, not clear exactly what happened. And he took a certain sum of money. He said, pay the guy. I told the guy, if I could stay here, I'll give him Epis money. But he knew the exact sum of money and everything, basically, fine. And then he go back, fine. So it sounds like there was some type of, he must have had, again, I'm not an expert. So just the words that are used in this thing, some type of breakdown. But how bad of a breakdown? No, no way to know. Okay. A kid, sir, he comes back. Everything seems to be fine. Again, this is how this Rav Shimon is, is writing up the story. And um, then it seems there was a fight between the the, the Kala side and the Hassan side, some money issue, but they resolved it also. We don't, the, the, that, those details are not good. Okay, fine. Then already in middle of Sheva Brachas, it's decided that he's going to go back already to the Kala's uh, city. Fine. So the Kala's father, the Kala's mother, the Kala, and this Rav Shimon, they go back to the city where they came from. He's there for a day or two, and um, he acts like the Hassan, you know, he gets the special Aliyah, and everyone's talking. And then, after Shabbos, he tells the father of the Kala, he just wants a divorce. And, okay. Talks to, so he, so this, the father of the Kala calls in his friend Rav Shimon, and Rav Shimon says, um, whatever he talks to him, whatever. Fine. Say it. then they, they now the city where they were in didn't have a rav to to do a get, so they decide where should they go write a get in the near in the areas near them, and so it was decided they're going to go to Reb Yisrael, the rav of Cleves. It seems the Hassan said that he wants to go anyway to England, so it's on the way. Fine. Say it. So they go to this rav. This Rabbi Yisrael, the Rav of Cleves, was an expert in Gittin, an old Rav. And he writes, um, they meet him, they have a whole conversation with him. It's a few hour process, the writing of the Get, which Oldaf actually had a video to show the whole process. They, they speak, the Dayan speaks to him, this Rabbi Yisrael, Rabbi Yisrael, this expert Dayan in writing Gittin and everything, speaks to him for a few hours. He says different things and he seems to be completely normal, this Hassan. There's no evidence of any breakdowns or anything or that he's having um thing. He might have said certain things that, that could be interpreted that something's wrong, but fine. And Kachava, he goes, he gives the get, and Shalom al Yisrael. All of a sudden, and he leaves to England. Hassan leaves to England. So it's a divorce. So you would think this is what, what's, what, what could go wrong. All of a sudden, the Hassan's family, they were not there. They didn't travel to um, the Kala city. And um, the, the father's like, goes nuts. What are you doing? He's my son. And what's going on? How, how do you do right again? And while he's going to England, obviously something's wrong. What, what's going on? And the Besden of Manheim basically says, what are you talking about? Everyone knows this guy had a mental breakdown in, on Shabbos of his chasana. So, and you're going to let him, and he's saying that he needs to go to England, and he's saying all these funny things. It's clear he's a shaita. That, and, and, then, and then, as they say, and from there on, it gets all Lebanon. Basically, the Munheim Bezdin gives it over to the Frankfurt Bezdin, and the Frankfurt Bezdin claims that it's Pashat, that this guy is a shaita, the get wasn't good. And how in the world the Rabbi Yisrael of Cleve give a get? They have no idea. He should have known. Now, Okay, so what's said is like this. He wasn't told and he didn't know about this mental breakdown that happened on the Shabbos. But if he would have known, maybe he wouldn't have given the get. But it's clear that he was not in his, um, at this time when he's talking, he's even having, even though he's claiming that he had a few hour interview with the Hassan, he, he, was, a, he, was, a, he was not full faculties, as they said. Okay, fine. Eventually, Lemaisa the Hassan comes back after the whole tumult and um, fine. Say that we'll get to see about if there was a happy ending to the story or not.
Now, what happens like this? First, the first question is, who in the world, why is this? this the, um, so, the, so he said the Frankfurt Besden ends up getting involved, and they say this get is not good. So we have the Monheim Besden saying the get's not good, the Frankfurt Besden not good. I, Rabbi Stroll, gave the get, and he's an expert at get. They say he didn't know. He didn't know that he was a shaita. He didn't know the story of what happened on Shabbos, the breakdown. So what do they want to happen now? They want to say he's still married. His marriage never was a marriage. What, what, are, oh, they, what, are, what do they want? So the marriage, so it's clear already is the marriage, the, the breakdown couldn't have happened before. As I said, it seems the, the, he, was, he was good. Then, then that, forget about it. The point is that something happened. A, a mental illness could happen suddenly. Something happened. And, and he's, not, he's not able to give a get when he gave the get. So even though he gave a get, this Rabbi scroll gave the get and everything was kadas within, it's not good because he's a shaita giving a get. That's the question. So she's still an Asian ish. Yes, that, that's that's what they want to be. Okay, fine. So so now let's just we're gonna stop for a second and we have to understand this Rib Aaron Copenhagen, who in the world is he? So he said he seems to be a friend. He's there the whole time. Now he turns out he's the author of the Sefer Ara Yasha, which is gonna be the whole story. Just to clarify, you mentioned someone Rib Shimon before. Is this the same person? His name is Aaron. You said yes, Shimon. Aaron clarify Shimon. who you're talking we'll call, about. We'll call him you're right. We'll call him, to make it much easier, we're going to call him Rib Shimon. But his, his full name is Rib Aaron Shimon Copenhagen. Who is he? So because he's a rel, he's not a relative, it seems. He's just a good friend of the Kala's father. He lives he lives in their city. And he came for the Hasana. And he seems to be a learned person. Why do I say he's a learned person? Because you could see is he put out this whole Hebrew Arayasha, which we're going to now see what it is. It's basically Rabbi Yisrael of Cleves reaches out to all the G'daylam and says, the get that I gave is valid. And we're going to see why it's valid. And I, the Frankfurt Besden, they're completely wrong in what they're doing. And Taka Kachava, we're going to see the reasons why. The G'daylam at the time defend Rabbi Yisrael of Cleves and say the get is a good get. And obviously the question is why. Um, so the, basically this book, the Aryasha, is all the documents and everything, the whole, everything, everything that's going on, who put it out, this guy. He seems to be a very learned person. You could see from the way it's written and the language, unbelievable language. It turns out, for example, in the, right away in the beginning, he said he quotes a whole list of things, a whole list of takanas of, Be, of um, um, bezin that was accepted in a whole bunch of literature that once a bezin passed in something, another bezin cannot butt in. So if, let's say, Rabbi Stroll Cleve said it's a good get, a bezin of Frankfurt has no business getting involved. Mean to say, once Rabbi Stroll Shklov, oh, sorry, not Rabbi Stroll Shklov, but Rabbi Stroll, Rabbi Stroll of Cleves, once we assume and we know and we're going to see that he was a tremendous Tamil Chacham, an expert in Gittin, then no other Bezin from a different city could get involved. This was an accepted Takana, accepted in Europe. So this Arhayash, this Mechaber, Reb Shimon, he brings a whole list and says, before anything, before Manai Bezin has no business getting involved. I, the father, says, my son, blah, 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 doesn't make a difference. A Frankfurt Bezin has no business getting involved. This is an accepted Takana, and he lists two pages of all the police of the Takana. Anyway, turns out is he's a son-in-law and a Talmud of Rabbi Huda Miller. Rabbi Huda Miller was one of the G'daylim Oilem in Ashkenaz at the time. He was uh, some that knew the Chacham but he was very close with all different G'daylim. And again, one of these G'daylim that only recently do we get to know more about him, as Mechon Yushalayim published a whole volume of Truvis of this Rabbi Huda Miller. We see he was a G'daylim at the time in Germany. And this is his son-in-law. 
But not only was he his son-in-law, he was his Safra the Dina. He was the cipher. He was an expert in the procedures of the Gitan, and he was his cipher. And he wrote all the different things in, in the different chuvas and everything. We're going to see more about that. Lamashal, um, um, one of the chuvas so, um, that written in the sugya to defend the get, to say the get is good, is a Yid Rabbi Shua, who wrote a chuvas, um Rabbi Shua from Lemberg, um, it's sorry, Rabbi Shul Levav, and he was a Rav also in Germany, one of the Gedalei Elam at the time, which also, until recently, we didn't have so much tire from him, but he has a tshuva in the Sefer Ar HaYashar, not one of the, there's a few Gedalei that the only tshuva we have of them is in this tshuva Sefer of the Ar HaYashar. Besides, there's plenty of famous people we'll see, but there's plenty of people that this is the only piece of literature that survived. So this Yid was a tremendous Gadol in the times in Europe, in Germany, so he writes, why am I trusting this Rav Shimon? Who is he? So he says, he's the Safra the Daina of the Bezin of his father-in-law. I've been in contact with him for 30 years. Although I never met him, I know he's Adam Kasher, Admaid, he's a tremendous Lamukhachom, and he's Adam Musmach. And you could see throughout the volume in various chuvas of the of the Gedalim, they say, why are we relying on this person? The answer is, he's a Talmud Chacham and he's a Feles Lechayid. So they all, all the Gedalim, and we see the name Yehuda, Rabbi Yisus Steinhardt, and others, they all, they knew of him, and they write very Bakavadik of him. And that's why we rely on the Sefer Ariyasher, because technically you say, what do you mean? He's going, who is this guy? And he's going up against the Sefer, in the Sefer, he's collecting all these letters against the Frankfurt Bezin, maybe he made up the whole story. Okay, anyway, that's just the point there. Fine. Why does he write the Sefer as a collection? Is because basically his name was being schmeared. They were bad, bad mouthing him at the time, and it was vicious. He says specifically, I'm not writing the Sefer, which I'm about to say what the Sefer is, um, because I'm against the Dayanim of Frankfurt. I'm not. I'm not against the Avbezin of Frankfurt. Rabbi Avram Milisa, who was the head of the Frankfurt Bezin, I'm against one person, and we'll get to see who that person is. But this fight gets vicious. And there's Pachkevillen put up and signs and burnings and all different things. Because of Tumult in this fight. Okay, what happens is like this. As I said, Rabbi Yisrael of Cleves, he ends up writing to the Gedolim to help him. And Rabbi Shimon also does. The, and they get, many Gedolim get involved. So first, before anything is, who are the Gedolim involved? Just to mention, in for two, I'm going to give a list, for a two-minute list of who the Gedolim are involved. So first, I said, Rabbi Yisrael Lipschitz, who is he? The, he, Rabbi Shor Lipschitz is the Av Bezin and Cleves. So he's a Talmud of one of the Gedali Oilam of the generation before, the Knesset Yechesko. And he was a known Godel, he was a known person, it's not, and he was a known expert in Hilchus Gittin. And we could see there's plenty of documentation that they write about him, tremendous things. The Rabbi Yosef Steinhardt and his chuva over here on this topic says he was known as a Chashavid, and the Yehuda says the Chashavid, and the Shagas Aryeh. So we're talking about an expert dying writing a get. That's number one, and that plays out very importantly. Now, who's the Frankfurt Besden? So the Frankfurt Besden, the Av Besden, was Rabbi Rami Lisa. He dies in the middle of this controversy, 1769. He's a Talmud Muvak, and he ends up marrying the granddaughter of the Beishmul, um, and he becomes a tremendous... He becomes the Rav of Frankfurt, and the people of Frankfurt loved him. He was a tremendous, tremendous Adam Gadol, and we know a lot about him. Okay. The other Bez, person in the Besden, which is Reb Nassim Maz. Reb Nassim Maz was was the was also one of the Gedolim of Frankfurt. There's a lot about him. He was a tremendous Talmud Chacham. He wrote a bunch of Svarim. Some of them only came out recently on Gittin and Kedushin for manuscript. Alatayra. There's a, there's a Yiddish forum on the internet where they've been publishing different stuff, and eventually they put it out as Svarim and PDF. So they published some of his material Alatayra, and in recent years and um, 
It was a Talmud Muvuk, as he writes, of the Pnei Yeshua. He learned by the Pnei Yeshua for many years and other G'dayli Yoyim. But Kitzer, he could not become the Av Bezin of Frankfurt because there was a special Takana in Frankfurt that if you're born in the city, you can't become the Elk. Anyway, so him and Rebbe Ram Lisa and their Bezdin altogether, about another 10 people, they were against the Get. And the Manan Bezdin, fine. But who's pro the Get? So with Kitzer, there was a Gadol, one of the G'dayli Yoyim at the time, Rabbi Yosef Steinhardt, one of the great G'dayli Rosh Hashiva in Fiorda, Rav in all different places, a brother of Yishai Berlin. And we could talk about him for hours, we're not going to. But Bekitzer, he was one of the G'dayli in the world of Ashkenaz at the time. He writes numerous tshuvas pro the Get. The Nain Behuda was one of the main people in this topic, in this sugya. He writes pro the Get. Bunch of tshuvas. The Shagas Aryeh. Is, is one of the greatest G'daylum at the time, worldwide, world famous. He's involved with this story, and he also says the Get's good. Rabbi Yaakov Emden also writes a bunch of chuvis to this t- on the topic, comes out, the Get is good. Markevis Amishna, Rabbi Sholmi Amsterdam, Rabbi Itzel Hamburger, Rabbi Shua Heschel, which we mentioned, who wrote the Sefer Plain Levana, Rabbi Dover Berlin, who's the brother of Rabbi Shire Berlin, another brother-in-law of his, Rabbi Naftali Yitzvi Hirsch, Ketzenelenbeigen, because I'm, because Rabbi Steinhardt, who I mentioned in the beginning, he's also a brother. Because the Rabbi Berlin's family gets very involved, and they're all pro the get. Okay, there's a the, Rabbi Naftali had a brother that was a Chashavarav, Rabbi that's a Katzenelenbeigen. He also is pro the get. Okay, and the Kloys of Bride gets involved, and they're all pro the get. Of course, there were G'daylim, yeah? You mentioned the Kloys of Bride. Why don't you stop for one minute and just tell the audience, what is the Kloys of Bride? <laughs> That's a terrible problem. One minute is impossible. But basically, the Kloys of Bride was this unique, elite group of people that was going on for years and years and years. And people learned there in this Kloys, um, Kabbalah, and they learned Nigla. Plenty of Nigla was learned there. The Nagy Huda was originally part of this Kloys. Chaim Sanzer, not your Chaim Sanzer that you like to always point out that your connection to him, but the early Chaim Sanzer, who is not anything to do with Hasidus, although the Hasidim like to make him that he does have to do Hasidus, he doesn't have to do Hasidus, but he definitely has to do Kabbalah. He's in the Kloys of Bride, and there's many G'daylim that were there. Some Rabbanim that were Ravs, Rabbanim in different cities, Saif Yamav, they would go, Saif of their, of their times, like they were retired, they would go here, but we know many, many different people were here. The Nagy Huda learned here for a bunch of years. It was an elite, elite group of people. They were, but the Chiddush is they were Isaac in Halacha and also Kabbalah. What happened is many Usvarim that would come out for years, they would come to these people to get Askama, sign Halacha, sign Kabbalah. Some, um, now, they also played a role in various controversies as time went on. Lamashal later, a little later than this controversy, the fight of, with Hasidus, they get involved. And the question only is, is when was the full kayach of the Kloys of Bright and, and until when it was and how it was supported? These are questions not for now. But the point is, they were 10 G'daylim of the Kloys. We know these G'daylim signed on this, that this get is good. Okay, now, Markevis Mishnah also I mentioned. Okay, fine. Anyway, there were also G'dayim that were, were asked to get involved, and they didn't want to get involved. Lamashal, there's a Rav Shleimer Hertzfeld, who's the son-in-law of the Plain Yeshua, and the son of the Plain Yeshua, another great Godel in Germany at the time, Rabbi Leib, they, they're asked to get involved. Lamashal, they don't get involved. I suspect, a theory of mine is, is that because the, the Rav Maz was anti-the get, and Rav Maz was a Talmudic of the Pnei Yeshua, so maybe they felt they don't know all the details, so it's not for them to get involved. Anyway, that's just a theory, no idea if it's true. Fine. Bekitzer, 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 now we said all the names of the What's the issue of the get? They say he's Pasha, he's a shaita. He had this breakdown on Shabbos, he's a shaita. Nothing to talk about. 
So now the question is, why did the father let him go to, to the air? So it could be the maybe he wasn't a complete shaitan. Maybe they felt he's going to get better. Okay, but he's a shaitan. And, and now the Besden of Frankfurt claims to have gotten tons of testimonies of people that said that this guy is a shaitan. Okay, but they never release it. Okay, so now we have to go uh, drop into this topic and very, very briefly is what is a shaitan? And then we're going to get to what was the defense about this sugya. So the kids there's a Tesefta and Shumas, and already it's a Gemara and Chagiga. Shaita comes up in Shas millions of times, but we're how, what's the definition of a Shaita? So Chagiga, Gimel Mebeiz, Dalar Ramon Aleph, it says, what's a Shaita? He rips his clothes. So the Shaila is how many times does he have to do it? Does he have to do all three? What about he does other things that sound crazy? And the Mashal, the Gemara, brings in another thing. He loses everything you give him. Okay, anyway, Lamaisa, what's this shaita that the Gemara is talking about? Rashi already says, we want to know everywhere you find that he's pater mitzvahs from Einish and his kinyan is not a kinyan and he's not going to um, his sales are not sales, is going to be dependent on this. And this is a Gemara that there's a lot to discuss. The Taisvis, the Yechusei Tanavamiram from the Balia Taisvis also has a huge arichus on this Gemara. And like everything else, it's a, it's a Gansa Sugya. What is the, um, is it Dafka? Do you have to do all three? What about if he does other things? But there's a Rambam and Hilchus Edis, which is interesting. And this is what they, they point out, why the Rambam waits till Hilchus Edis, because Shaita comes up all the time. But he says, a Shaita is Pasal Edis Menatayr Lafish Eine Ben Mitzvahs. And then the Ramam says, So the Ramam sounds like that it doesn't have to be the Tnoim of the Gemara. Anyone that it sounds like he's, his brain is lost. But obviously the problem is, is how does one define it? You know, um, um, in the olden days, used to be that when you were in Cheder or in Yeshiva, your Rebbe would tell you, shaita. and so it, it was used, today it's obviously not politically correct to say such things, but the word shaita could have multiple meanings. One guy's going to say someone's a shaita, the other guy says he's a brilliant guy. And Lamaisa, the Rambam in this, over there, Paraktes HaLachayur, he says, It's very hard to define exactly what a shaita is. So between me and you, this also plays out a role in the sugyas of shaita and mental halacha because a lot of times we have a gemara that says something and it seems to be this is referring to some type of mental illness and requires explanation what it is. Okay, fine. Anyway, there's a gansa tumul about the Rambam and, but this is the gemara of what of discussing the shaita. But kitzer, so why in the world would this get be good? This guy had a mental breakdown and he might be a shaita. He's a shaita. So first, like this, number one, what's thrown out, and this is thrown out again and again throughout the documents, Nara Yashar, is the Chirm of Rabbeinu Tam, which we mentioned already a bunch of times in previous episodes of Gittin, Rabbeinu Tam said, once it gets given by competent Dayanim, there's no, you can't come around and do something. You just can destroy the whole system. So different Dayanim said right away, well, we know Rabbi Yisrael of Kliz is an expert Dayan. End of discussion. Ah, you're saying he didn't know information? It doesn't make a difference. Okay. So this obviously is a tough conversation, and one has to go back to understand the sugya of the Chaim of Rabbeinu Tam, uh, the Makairis for it, and what Rabbeinu Tam meant, and why, because we see sometimes in the previous episodes, we also saw some people ignored this Chaim, and they said the get is not good in other, in other tumbles. But over here, this is again brought up. Okay. 
Lomaisa, uh, many of the Gedalim, including Rabbi Yisus Steinert, they say Pashat. Was this Dayan an expert Dayan? Did he say that he had a, a long conversation with him? Did he notice anything about him being a Shaita? So even though he had a breakdown, let's go with the worst case scenario, he has a full-fledged breakdown at that time on Shabbos. It doesn't make a difference. Right now, he's not a Shaita. Just because he has a breakdown, that does not define him that he's not a Shaita. He could get better. That's clear in halacha. So, so Lamasha or Yosef Steinhardt says this, and many of the Paiskim in this discussion, they bring this point up. And this obviously plays out in understanding the Gemara and Chagiga. What does it mean? But even if it, even if he does any of these things, or if he does something else, he ran away over here, Lamashal. So he didn't go to basic forest. He didn't do any of the things. So it's because we're going like the Rambam, and it's not after these things that are mentioned in Gemara, but still. Who said he, that doesn't mean he's that he's means just because someone does something and has a breakdown one time, we don't pass on forever. Now, another taina, which already Rabbi Akavemdin brings up, but many of the Gedalim say like this. You, Frankfurt Besden, say that you have a bunch of Adis that you test that you got, you collected from a bunch of people. You have to release the protocols and the testimonies that you got for us to see. You're telling us that we have to rely on you. You decided to get his puzzle. And you tell us we have a whole bunch of reasons behind it, but we're not telling you. Says Rabbi Yaakov Emden, says the Shagasari, he says the name Yehuda Barichos, and Rabbi Yisus Steiner, there's no such thing. Halacha is based on when you make a psak, we have to see your reasons. You don't want to tell us your reasons, we have no reason to accept what you're saying, and it's unheard of, unprecedented to do such a thing what you guys are doing. That's what they, all of them wrote, and they wrote this into the Besden, they wrote them into the, in Frankfurt, and Frankfurt kept on ignoring them. They did not want to, did not want to answer them. Said we have we have our reasons, we have inside information, and he's a shaita, and that's it. They didn't want to hear from anything. Problem is like this: that the already the Shagasarye and all the Gedalim they say it doesn't make a difference. Even if he had that breakdown, he's not a shaita. You're you're making a fundamental mistake. So you got Gvias Adis of people that saying he's a shaita, that's not enough of a reason. It was the Kitzer, the Lamashal. One of the great Gedolim involved was Rosh Hashanah Amsterdam. So he was one of the big, big um, Gedolim at the time, involved in many of the different controversies of Goyen Oilam. So the the, the Frankfurt Besen was trying to get him to be on their side. And they wrote to him and he said, one second, tell me what you have. Let me see. And they didn't want. So in the end, he went through the sugi and he says, no, the get's good. And the same thing happened with Steinhardt. Also, he tried to understand what's going on with the Frankfurt Besen. These are people... We're not talking about people in the North Pole. This is Germany. This is all happening in Germany. So mo- a lot of the Rabbanim, they're in Germany. They know these Dayanim. They know the Frankfurt Besen. They're big cities. They get along and everything. So they want to know, what's going on? Tell us. Lamaisa, in all these chuvas, and that's what made these chuvas very important, is they deal with Barichos, the Sugis and the Lamdas of what's a Shaita and the Sugi of Chagiga. And Lamashal also, Rabbi Steinhardt and his beautiful chuvas on the topic in here. Fine. At one point, he says, Frankfurt Besden, you made a mistake. And he brings a long list. This time, people make mistakes. Admit it. That This is why Rabbi Yosef Steinhardt writes them at one point. Rabbi Re- Re- Hamburger writes a whole four chuvas. You guys are wrong. It's unheard of. He's not a shaita. He did it once. This breakdown happened once. Okay. Lamasha, I told you, that I mentioned earlier, the Sefer Pnei Levana from one of the Gedalim at the time, who we only know, thanks to Mechon Yerushalayim, in Mamish in the past, less than 10 years ago, a massive tshuva Sefer called Pnei Levana comes out. The only thing we had from this Rav beforehand was his tshuva on the Geta Cleaves. Now we have everything about him. So he writes Arichos over here. We even have his original tshuva that he wrote for the Geta Cleaves right, in the 1760s. It survived. It's an Hebrew university. But Kitzer, he says, there's no such thing. You have to tell us your reasons, and you're not telling us the reasons. Now, 
At one point, something comes up very interesting in the course of this conversation, and that is mental illness. She so says, worst case scenario, what's this? How do you explain what happened with this Hassan? Is he had what's called Mara Shaira. So melancholia. That's the, the medical term. term um, again, today there's tons of literature about it. Um, but interesting like this. I'm just gonna say one idea relating to this. This Chuva, this Pnei Levana says, where does he get this information from? The Maisa Tuvio, who was a great Hashavid from the generations before, who was a medical doctor, but also a tremendous Talmud Chacham. The Maisa Tuvio says such a thing. Now, what's Marish Chayra? So it seems that it's a certain type of depression, but, it does, but the person is, he has his faculties in many of the cases. And Lamashal, the Aruch HaShulchan writes, in Simon Kufchaf Aleph, what about someone that has Marish Chayra? And he says, Jainais and Klum, he doesn't do all the mishigas and all the different things, but he just stays quietly. He's a loner, and he's not able to eat. He's not able to concentrate. But if you talk to him, he's able to talk. He's not a shaita, and he, do, he you wouldn't call him a shaita. He doesn't. Ha- he definitely doesn't have the stuff from the sugis and chagiga and everything. But even though one of the case, one of the examples in chagiga might sound like this marish chayra, so he he he, he, he doesn't know what it is. But says the plain levana, maybe that's what happened to the on Shabbos. But then he's beseder. Now, how do we know he's Beseder? Because this Baal Haget, the, sorry, this author of the Get, Rabbi Yisrael, interviewed him for a few, for more, he, I think it was three hours he's discussing with him. He said, the whole time he's there, he's never acting up. He's, he's not, no, now, this Rabbi Shimon, all the G'dayim are relying on, says, what do you mean we traveled? He was completely sane. He didn't do anything that was acting out. So, he's not a shaitan. Bekitzer, um, um, interestingly enough, we find People that had depression, um, and they were beyond, beyond prolific, and they remained G'dayli Aylam. Just to mention, a lot of times we have today autobiographical accounts of different G'daylam. So Lamashal, we have Rabbi Yaakov Emden, a famous, famous autobiography of his. Different times in his autobiography, he writes he was depressed. I'm not saying he was depressed the whole time. He says very strongly these Marish Chayr type things, but we see he was a guy in Aylam, he was prolific, he was everything. Okay, Chida. We have his travels. Certain times, it was very rough in his travels, and he, he writes about himself that he had Marish Chayr at certain points in time. He overcame it, and Marish Chayr, it sounds clear, it's possible to overcome. Lamaisa, we know, and they discuss Barichas about the Chida. We see people, G'daylam, were able to overcome it. They had it, and they, they overcame it. Anyway, so the worst case scenario is that was the case with this fellow. Anyway, the Night of Yehuda has a Richus Nifla and the Chuvis, where he says a lot of different things I mentioned up till now. He has Merdeka Chedushim in the Sugis of Wada Shaita to handle with the Rambam. And again, we're not going to go through all the different things over here. The same thing, the Shagis Aryeh, it's Gavaldik, his Chuva, this Rebel has a Katz and Ellenbeigen. The kids are. As I said, all the G'daylam at the time um, were very, very strong um, that it's a good get. I, I mean, many of the G'daylam that are mentioned over here. Just to mention two different things, um, with the, two ideas two with the name Yehuda, and then we'll go to the last part of the story. And that is like this. Um, in the Sefer Ar-Yashar, which is, which is a fascinating Hebrew to learn through um, in this topic, so the name Yehuda talks about the Shagas Arye, and he says, what do you mean? He says, who is that? The Shargisari. So once the Shargisari got involved, and he's actually, I think, the first person who really wrote the tshuva to say that it's not a problem, and I mean, a long tshuva, not a three-line tshuva, that's already something. Okay, anyway, um, 
The Nine Yehuda brings in the story of this of the, the get of Vienna Pulmis that we spoke about. He brings that in, and other Gedolim also bring that in here. And just one other quote, because it's a fascinating quote, and it became famous, sort of. The Nine Yehuda was a darshan. He gave drushes a few times a year in his kihila in Prague, which was a massive kihila, and and the drushes. Um, fascinating drushes, and recently, a year or two ago, many, many the drushes, some were published in different places, but some drushes were published, some were censored, not, Kitzvah came out in a beautiful edition. And in there is a drusha he gave Mamish in the middle of the Geta Cleaves Tumul. So you're going to say, why are we getting the people involved? Why is everyone mixing in? Anyways, the Night of Yehuda, the Night of Yehuda, at one point says, he tells the Kila, he says, he says, I'm going to tell you a story that's going on right now. And he talks about this get, and it gets good. And he says as follows, And then he says like this, I hope they're going to come around. He says, they don't understand the laws that they're saying on a get kosher. And he says, it could be, he says, we find G'dayla make mistakes. And um, it's a Chil Hashem all the different cruzim that came out because of it, which we're going to discuss momentarily. It's not l'chvich the tremendous chil Hashem, and I'm being mefarsim, the heter of this woman is no problem, and it's a good heter. He said he made it his business to discuss it in the in the Shabbos drasha. How many people were at this drasha? So you never know, right? Interestingly enough, when the, that, that's the, I was reading it based on the way the Neid Mehuda wrote, the drasha was published more recently. But the Neid Mehuda sent to this Rav Shimon, who's publishing in the Arayasha, there was a thousand people at this drasha when he said it over. Any, there's other fascinating things in this drasha, but, oh, but the point is that he set up a Fahesya against the Bezdin of Frankfurt. Okay, so obviously there's also a Chiddush in Hilchus Lashon Hara, but not for us right now. Anyway, okay. But Kitzer, the point is that the G'daylam at the time all reached a conclusion based on the Lambdas and the Sugis and Shaita and Sugis and Chagiga that this is not a problem for all different reasons. Okay. What about Frankfurt? What's going on here? These G'daylam, why were they so strong against and not listening to what these G'daylam were writing into them? So, it's very hard to know. And for years we did not know. And not only that, we know that the protocols and all the different things around the Frankfurt Bezin, we have what's called Pinkasim. There's Pinkasim of Bezdins and Pinkasim of Frankfurt. And Frankfurt has many different Be- uh, documents that survive even today. All the stuff relating to the Bezdin of this controversy, it seems was burnt on purpose. They didn't want anyone to know why they reached their conclusions, but they add Saif Yamehem, they remained strong that they were right and all the Gedalim were wrong. And they didn't want to even say why. We say it's not like if they would have said why, maybe people would have agreed with them. They didn't want to say why. Okay, fast forward to the 1880s and uh, 1890s, and a book comes out in German on Rabbani Frankfurt from a Tambachacham, a Rav of Frankfurt, Rav Horowitz. And it seems, he, and he, so he wrote a chapter about uh, Rabbi Nassimaz and Rabbi Rami Lisa, and he obviously has to have a chapter about the Geta Cleves. And basically, when you read this chapter, it's clear that he's coming to say, and he's from Frankfurt, and he's, it happens to be, he's a tremendous Tamil Chacham, and he's a son-in-law, but he married the youngest daughter of Darach uh, Lenar, he's a, a, a Hashavarov in Frankfurt. He's coming out to Frankfurt City, is right. So someone wrote into him, it seems, a letter. It says, hey, you talking? You're going against the safe area? You're going against everyone? Where, where are you coming from? Because, tell you the truth. I have a document that survived the whole thing. And he publishes a whole document in his Chuvis Mate Levi, 
which comes to explain what the Besdin of Frankfurt said. And this is a document written. He says this is the hand. He says, I'm, um, it's 10 pages approximately, and it's the documents written by Rav Nassim Maz, why they were accepting, the get, why they said the get is not good. And it's clear is that they were, they held that he's a shaita ready from the beginning. Okay. The problem, as I said, it doesn't really help us so much. So we have, that's Rav Nassim Maz held. But, Half the gedolim and in the sugi society, they said, they said even if he even if he did have a breakdown, then it doesn't make a difference. As long as Rishral says that we used to having the conversation with him, or we know that he's better. Not only that, turns out less than a year later, because of the whole pressure, he ran away to to England. Turns out, at one point he comes back and he's all shalom Yisrael. So the Moshe of Yisus Steinar says, "What's going on? He got better so fast." Avir the Inglia Machakim, he says such a line as Kilak Eretz Yisrael. What are you talking about? Answer is he, he, people get better fast. He wasn't so bad. And he wasn't even convinced that it was such a breakdown in the, in the first place. The answer is, the kids are, he came back. Okay. Um, anyway, um, so this Mate Levi has this whole arichus, and he says that they were fired. To, you don't listen to all these gedolim, and the gedolim are wrong. And not interestingly enough, they don't they don't talk about why they're not releasing the reasons, and they, they don't talk about um, why they're not releasing the reasons, and they also don't talk about the chayim rabbeinu tam. They hold they were given this job from the manhim bezdin, and that's it. Okay, and and he's a shaita lekalashitas. They, they also go Reb Nasamaz also goes through the sugya of Hagi. Okay, anyway. Interesting to see. Now, um, um, so just a few short ideas, and then and 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 we'll conclude like this. Basically, like this. Um, in this Frankfurt, so uh, Mate Levy is published. So in 1979, the Mate Levy is republished by his great grand by his grandson or something, a Hush of a Yid. And um, what he does is he pu- publishes original Pachkavila that were published in Frankfurt during these fights. And if you look at them, they're vicious. They're vicious against the Gedalim. They're vicious languages in this thing. And they're saying terrible things. They say terrible things about Lamashal. We said the Markevis Mishnah. They burnt, not only that, it's clear, they burnt the once the 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 clays of bright, ten Gedalim get involved. They burnt the and the basic classes after Mincha. They burnt all these documents in Fahesia. We say this is how Moinam is getting involved. This is clear, I don't think, that Rav Nassim Maz said, you know, after he gave a clap in the bima, we're going out to burn. Basically, what happens a lot of times, like Frankfurt is not a little shtetl, it's a massive city, and it was a very proud city. And basically, they, again, it could be they have their reasons behind it, but the point was, is that they, it was Mamish Lahudim Aysayr, these cruzim, they got around, they and they published them weird, this anical, they were discovered again, and he publishes them in his reprint in the 1979 edition of Mate Levi. Okay, fine. Fascinating thing. Fascinating idea. Come across this randomly. Rebel Yashiv gets a present from this Rebar Horowitz. He gives him his, his, his Mate Levi of his Eda. Yashiv thanks him very much. Everything he says, I open it up, and I see that you publish the um, this story, and you want to be Matstik, the Mice of the Bezin of Frankfurt, and that they were right. Okay, fine. Okay, so he says you're going against uh, the great Kedalim at the time. If the, he says, Means the all these Kedalim, these are the giants at the time. He says, okay, but then you go ahead, you're taking a stand by publishing this document of Nasim Maz. But then he says, worse, you're publishing the Kruzim that they're going against, that was published against these Gedalim. Kruzim Ashishim Devri Bela, Algoin Yisrael, Balma Kevisa Mishnah. 
Cruising that you published, which are vicious against the at the time, they were published at that time is a different story, but I'm saying is that I hold that it wasn't even the G'daylim, the Bezdin didn't um, order these cruising to be written how do I know this? so the problem is like this, there's a vicious machlekes that's going on over here and and how do you explain it? literally, you're getting um, letters and letters from the G'daylim at the time and these are people, you, they know each other and the Frankfurt Bezin is being very strong and stubborn about this. What's shot? So the answer I suspected, and reading the Arayasha once in a while, it comes up that there's other people involved. There's not only G'daylim. And this seems to be the case. I, I heard this many times from Rameir Shmulevitz, that a lot of times the G'daylim in a particular fight, they're completely shma. As Ramatus Yoah began, but then the Hamaynam people get involved. That also might mean well, but as they say, not not they're not, they don't have the special kaiyach of the G'daylim, the shma of the G'daylim. And what I find is like this: it sounds like the parent, the the, the various um, askanim and the tzibur, they were causing problems. Okay, this is a theory. Arayashar sounds like that he's saying it because he's not taking it out on all the time, but he says something, he's constantly saying against the Maz, who seems to be a tremendous god. Okay, how do I know this? Is that a document was published from Dessler, um, in the Dessler collection I mentioned a few times, and basically the Parnasim of the Kehila of Frankfurt seemed to have written to Amsterdam, to show Amsterdam's partners, and they said, you should convince your own that this get is not a good get, a whole long Megillah, a whole Arichus. And they say, we're not going to get involved. Our Rav passed something, and he holds it gets not good again. We go with our Rav. We're, we're not in these in these type of topics. With the Frankfurt, now, what happens like this, the Frankfurt, um, this is not the first case that the Frankfurt Asganim got involved in different things. Just right before, there was a the a fight in Klal Yisrael at the time, the, the tremendous fight with Rabbi Yisrael and Rabbi Yisrael and the Pnei Yeshua, the Gadol Hadar at the time, clear when you see all the stuff at the thing, he was the Rav of Frankfurt, and they're so proud of it, and he ends up, he leaves, and they couldn't get him back, and the Askanim are involved, and they, they don't let him back in. Well, where's it coming from? The people that were involved, they were Shalai Lashma Bechlal, they were for the glory of the greatness to show the city of Frankfurt. So it could be that that's what was going on here. Anyway, okay, just to mention very briefly, to be Messiah like this. Number one is, in 1896, uh, Yid, Rabbi Yudel he sees what the Matalevi says, and he writes, what are you talking about? You're, you're saying the whole story completely in the favor of Frankfurt. It's not like you're saying. That's not how the story was. Okay. Now, some people say there was a happy ending that ends up being the Chassan comes back. And I said already, when the Chassan came back, it sounds like it's completely normal. But what they say is they remarried. This is a story that a lot, that, the, that uh, the, in Frankfurt, the story is brought down, that that's what happened. It's very unclear to say such a thing because the Arayasha comes out even later. And he doesn't say such a thing. He, I, I don't, I, and there'll be other sources at the time. But, okay, he has a Kabbalah, Rebbe Horowitz is a Hush of a Yid, that they did get married. Okay. They got remarried. Okay. Now, um, and just, they say, who ends up becoming the brother of Frankfurt after Ram Lisa dies? The Hafla. So there's a legendary story that the Hafla, he's also one of the Gedalim at the time. It seems he wanted to write a tshuva that the get is good, but it, his pen kept on not working. And Lamaisa, because of that, he got the job. 
and to be Messiah relating to this story, relating to this last story, is that they made the the, the Askanim of the city of Frankfurt made a Kabbalah, a made a Takana, that the Nain Behuda, no family member of his is allowed into the city and any job in the city, anything to do with this city. Because they were so upset how he wrote these vicious letters, and they are incredible letters to see, taking them to task, and wow, vicious letters that the Nain Behuda wrote. Um, and so What's interesting is like this. A lot of times people like to make Shalom al-Yisrael. We're concluding with this thing. So there's letters of Nassim Maz right after this controversy to different G'daylim, Matasfarim, and there's a whole thing about the letter of the Nain Yehuda. The Nain Yehuda writes him, um, um, he writes the Nain Yehuda, a letter, you got my safer, back and forth. And in the letter, I see this interesting line, and um, the Nain Yehuda says, I got your safer. He says, but I don't know. Um, thank you for sending everything. Great. Um, I don't know if you could bring a new safer, my chuva safer, into your city without an issue of the parnasim of the city. I don't know what's going on here. What? The parnasim of the city have to give an issue to Ramnasim Maz, the Gadladar of that city of Frankfurt, and tell, yeah, you could buy the Nain Behuda. It sounds very funny. The answer is, and, and my suspicion is as follows. They, because of what they were so upset at the Nain Behuda, they made a takana. You can't have anything. That was the reason. It means is they didn't want to let even the swarm of the Nain They gave him in the end. The story was they gave a Yishur. The Rambam is going to have the Nain Yehuda in the Sefer. Baruch Hashem, because Nain Yehuda, I said the Chuvas and Nain Yehuda are not in there. Maybe that's even vital. They didn't know that. Whatever. Okay. Anyway, point is, this is a tremendous machlokes that rocked the world at the time, and the sugis of Shaita all come out. In in the in the different chuvas, if one looks up online, the Arayasha, one can learn fascinating chuvas relating to this sugya. But before we close up, Rabbi Brat has to turn around and pull out a sefer that he wants to share with us. Okay. So we we mentioned in this episode a sefer called Maisetuvia. The Maisetuvia is a medical sefer. Has a lot of other interesting things written by a chash of a yid and. Um, so what's interesting is, who is this Maise Tuvia? So a book came out, Mamish, recently called Maise Tuvia, Venice 1708, Tuvia on Medicine and Science. It's um, a collection of articles, and basically is like this. Tuvia Cain, he's born in 1652, dies in 1729. He went to medical school in Italy, and he was a rav, sorry, he was a doctor for different, he ends up living in Yushalayim, but this became an encyclopedia published in 1708. And it's used at a yoyim. People use it. There's a lot of fascinating materials in the Maisetuvia, which is relevant even today. And he knew a lot, a lot of the information of the time. One wants to read about him. You could read in David Ruderman has a beautiful chapter about him in his book um, called Jewish Thought and Scientific Discovery. And the and the last thing is is in this in in th- this book um, is a collection of different articles all about him that came out literally in the past uh, two years. Um, okay, that's all I wanted to mention. Okay, thank you very much. Wow, <laughs> my head is spinning with all that information. I have to listen again, at least once, to get even some of the information into my brain. But amazing. Hope people listen till the end and appreciate all the different facets of the Gedolim that were mentioned 
And I'm sure on each one of these G'daylam, you could do a full episode of them and their Kahilas and their cities and the Chuvas they were involved in. But we'll have to leave it here for now. This is just a little <laughs> teaser, a teaser, little taste, red taste, taste of information. And we should get back together very soon. Thank you. Amen.